0: Welcome back, pod people. My guest today is James Roberts, the writer, producer, creator, but not director of Here for Blood, a new supernatural uh, home invasion action horror comedy about a babysitter who needs to protect their charge from folks who are trying to get in and abduct the kid, with the twist being that the babysitter is a professional wrestler. Here for Blood premieres on Screenbox and in theaters on February 9th, 2024. Welcome to the show, James. Oh, thank you for having me, Thomas. So the first thing that jumped out to me about uh, your connection with Cure for Blood is that you are the writer, producer, and creator, but not director, which is an unusual combination of things to be. So tell me a bit about how that came about. Why did you not end up directing this? Oh, well, so when the um, uh, director, Daniel, reached out to me,
1: uh, we had a monumental task ahead of us. We had um, basically just a script. Uh, We had no other resources. We were literally starting from ground zero. So um, pulling together an independent film, uh, especially in a community like ours that does not have a... Established film industry it is a monumental task and um, you know you can only wear so many hats as <laughs> they say so um, certainly you know going through death financing and pulling together a uh basically in the middle of nowhere and uh, getting the actors on board it was uh it was not a one-man show you know we had a really great team my other co-producer jake Windat. that uh We really all had to pull as one to kind of get this thing out of the starting gates. It was uh, not an easy task.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Um, So you say that you made it in a part of the uh, world where there isn't a traditionally set up film industry. Where is that? Tell me a bit about that process. Yeah,
1: so we're based out of London, Ontario, Canada, which is halfway halfway between Detroit and Toronto. So Toronto has a fantastic film industry um, but where we're located, we don't really get much uh, filming down here. It's just kind of in its you know beginning phases we are starting to see some productions slowly make their way this far down uh, and, and set up shop. but you know when we started this project um, our city just started their film commission and we talked to them and you know we were both going through these very uh, um, awkward growing pains you know trying to figure out what does filming here look like what resources do we have at our disposal you know we don't have a ton of experienced crew so it was kind of like you're, you're you're you have to really look around and try to put together a, a reliable team and, and figure out what making a, a you know a film looks like here and uh, it was definitely an interesting experience
0: for us. Okay, yeah, that uh, making making a, a cool action horror comedy movie in the middle of nowhere, Canada, reminds me a lot of the creation of Wolf Cop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, excellent, I'm glad to see uh, more small towns getting in on uh, film creation. I just interviewed several people in small town Louisiana, uh, nice. and I, I love to see how much more accessible filmmaking has become. So you wrote it. You said you started out with just a a script. Mm -hmm. Um, The last time that I interviewed the writer of a movie, it was Samuel Morrison for By Deception. And he was actually quite upset with how the movie turned out, that uh, the way that he pictured things in his mind was very different from the way that it ended up on the screen. So I'm curious, how similar was what you pictured in your mind when writing the script to the end product, and in particular, uh, the fight choreography, the fight scenes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. You know, <laughs> um, my fingerprints are, are, you know, definitely in, uh, some of the fight scenes and stuff uh we had sean um sean roberts our lead actor he did all his own stunts in the movie so every time you know his character gets hit or hits the ground you know that's sean really uh, uh much like a real pro wrestler uh taking those bumps and uh going through the agony uh, <laughs> of of that character so um we did have sean work with um a professional wrestler named Tyson Dukes, who is a legendary Canadian professional wrestler. And Tyson gave John a crash course in pro wrestling. And we worked with a really amazing stunt coordinator named Anthony Ferry. And uh, a lot of it, especially in independent filmmaking, it's on the fly, so you know certain things happen. Oh, it's you know, especially in Canada. Hey guys, it's freezing out there tonight. You got to go. Rest, you got to go fight a guy outside in a t-shirt. It's like let's get it done. Let's make it look as cool as we can, and let's let's you know cover it in fake blood too. That stuff gets pretty hard and cold and icy on, on your skin after a while. So indeed, um, we really you know, and and the, the cast that played our villains it really did suffer for the art <laughs> that, uh, other than a lot of the, uh, the, the fight scenes. So it was a, it was a really great experience. And, I, and I'm really happy. I think, um, you know, when I wrote the script, I wanted this to be a, a essentially a feel good movie, which I know sounds kind of silly for a horror movie, but you know, I want people to feel good and, and cheer for the good guys and boo the bad guys much like a wrestling match and, uh, you know, leave feeling happy. And, and from the feedback I've gotten so far, I think we accomplished that.
0: Yeah, I'd say Sean's character is very much a baby face in this. He's uh might, you know, stumble on uh, on saying the right thing at a moment or two, but yeah. he always has, you know, everyone's best interest in heart and he never does anything that's really like mean or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that that worked quite well and I enjoyed the Uh, contrast between him as the enormous bulky good guy and then the uh, scrawny little jerk stepfather who punches him and hurts his hand (laughs) but still managed to be like a viable threat because of they've got the whole cult yes yes absolutely yeah yeah so sorry did you have something you wanted to say no, no, i just said just spoiler
1: alert. Anybody listening, this is a bit of a oh, yes. spoiler well,
0: alert. Yeah, th- this, uh, although this will be coming out shortly before the movie is released, in general, this podcast is intended more as a, okay, you've seen the movie, now let's learn a bit about the creative yes. process behind it. Okay. Um, so tell me a bit about your connection to wrestling.
1: Uh, yeah, so I uh, was an independent professional wrestler. Uh, I trained under Tyson Dukes who uh, is also featured in the movie in the opening wrestling scene against Sean. And uh, I spent a number of years uh, wrestling around being broke, <laughs> you know, uh, getting beat up in front of sometimes five people, <laughs> sometimes a hundred. You never knew where you were, depending on where you went. So I really understand the, uh, the lifestyle and the mentality and the struggles of, of uh, a professional wrestler. Cause at the end of the day, You know, you're an you're an independent artist. You're an independent contractor. You 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 have to travel around and make the towns. And it's you know, not only do you have to put on a show for the audience, but you you know, people say, oh, you know, pro wrestling's fake. Well, gravity's not fake. When you have a 300 pound guy body slamming you, you know, you feel that. Your body it takes its toll. You know, you don't often get to sleep a lot, especially if you have to drive you know in canada you can drive 10 hours just to go wrestle somewhere you know what i mean like it's we have a lot of big open spaces and only so many uh viable areas to wrestle in. so i really understood you know uh the struggles of of a character like tom because i lived it you know and and as a, a writer you know screenwriter filmmaker i i you know i understand that it's there's highs and lows and uh when we when we meet this character he's kind of at a low you know money's tight and That's why he agrees to take the babysitting job because they they need the cash.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the part at the beginning where we're like, okay, we're introducing the characters, all right, watching them do the professional wrestling. He's good at it, cool. And then he goes and he gets paid and he gets $20 for an evening of wrestling. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, that's, uh, I mean, that's definitely illegal, right? Like that's well below minimum wage.
1: But there's no, there's no rules. It's like, I've wrestled places where they just, they go, you get exposure. You know what I mean? And if you, if you turn it down, people tell you, you got, they'd say, oh, he's got a bad attitude. You know, there's still a very old school mentality of you have to pay your dues. And, and a lot of wrestlers for years would wrestle for no money. And that's, and I'm talking about like the old territory days, you know, in the seventies, et cetera, you know, you'd have to go and they just, beat the crap out of you and then they wouldn't pay you. so it's not it's not as bad as it used to be obviously but i've wrestled for free plenty of times and if i got 20 bucks wow wasn't i (laughs) (laughs) so it's really not that far-fetched a lot of independent wrestlers you know once you establish yourself as a name you know you can you can start to uh to get a little bit more money but it's uh it's not easy out there it's uh tough tough sledding
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I wasn't disputing that it's a real thing that mm. happens. I, I definitely, you know, I've, I've, I've friends who I like you are former indie wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm questioning whether it's legal or not. Uh,
1: Yeah. I don't think it's still You know, I, I, okay. just, <laughs> I don't think there's, right. a, there's no governing body, you know, there's no union. There's no something like that. Um, Interesting. So yeah, it's just like, you
0: know, yeah. go up
1: or don't. You don't have to do it, I guess.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something that I found interesting about uh, this and that opening scene is it establishes our character, our lead as, as sort of an underdog, which is kind of hard to do given how absolutely enormous Sean Roberts is. Um, the dude is huge. And so trying to picture him as anything other than the, you know, like, unstoppable terminator type is a little difficult but setting him up as oh he's he's poor he's taking this job that he wouldn't do otherwise because he's poor uh and one thing that i really liked was in the very first scene where he is in an actual fight uh he the the first thing that happens is he gets cut um which is something that i think a lot of these more action-oriented films uh especially in the modern era of like really big egos like uh dwayne johnson and uh mm. vin diesel um you often have characters who seem untouchable but the fact that we open with that uh that that's the first time where we see him in a real fight he actually gets hurt uh really made it go made me go oh okay th- you know this might not just be him slaughtering people for an hour there might be more to this uh, which I thought was really interesting so um how much was designing the fights in the movie similar to or different from designing a fight in a professional wrestling match
1: I'm glad you asked that question um yeah so definitely when I was writing in you know there's specific damage he takes over the movie you know he gets stabbed he gets cut there's 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 those you know lumps and bumps he takes and um
0: that foot you know, injury oof.
1: yeah so much like uh a, a, a pro wrestling match they have the, the section of the match which they call the heat which is where the heel you know beats up on the baby face and then the baby face you know through sheer will and determination battles back and uh overcomes uh or or succumbs to the evil um so that was kind of you know the the idea behind our our hero here is is he never loses his will to fight, but he definitely takes his lumps and uh, takes some damage over the course of the movie. And uh, that was, you know, he he just he doesn't quit. That's what we wanted somebody who's just who wouldn't was uh, wasn't going to give up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. He definitely has a lot of uh, uh, grit and pushing through. Um, So. Were you involved in uh, the, the makeup and the props or like hiring the people who do did that sort of stuff at all? Because I have questions about some of that.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely I was. Um, we reached out to the butcher shop. They're good friends of um, my other producer, Jacob Windat. I was aware of their work, um, and they're great guys. We have gone down to their shop, and you'll know, crack a couple beers, and you can talk about, practical effects and prosthetics with those guys for hours. They have an incredible space full of all their gore gags and creature suits from other films. And it's definitely uh, like, it's, it's just, if you're a horror fan, like I am who loves practical effects, it's basically heaven. You know, they'll throw on uh, a movie on the TV there and you're, you know, reanimator or something like that's playing in the background as you're just looking at this wall of, of monsters and gore. And, and, and it's just such a, such a blast.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, thought that the special effects in general, uh, were quite good and effective. It seemed like almost all of it was practical effects with the special effects really being just for some, some glow or some, excuse me, the visual effects just being for some glow things like glowing eyes portal, yeah, etc. Okay. Um, yeah, so that that's, was my impression correct there pretty much?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted to keep it as practical as we could. So, um, you know, the the bulk of the the effects, uh, like the digital effects we used, were just to add, you know, some glowing eyes and stuff, just just things like that. Because uh, contact lenses get incredibly expensive, and you have to hire a special technician to put in, you know, any kind of wild contact. So we we went the digital route to kind of when the, the the cult flips to be demonic, um just to just to add that extra level to show they've really changed. You know, the, the practical effects you did change their faces with some uh um we used some like latex uh appliances over their face. Yeah. Yeah to, to really make them look different. And then we just enhanced, you know, some of the stuff uh just with like cracks glowing between their skin and their eyes, just to just to bring it up another level and, and but yeah in terms of the like you know the, the blood and violence, we wanted
0: to keep it as practical as we could. Yeah, yeah. I think that the ultimate effect of almost all of it was quite realistic. The one part where I was just where I was a little thrown was, uh, and again, getting back more into spoilers, uh, the possessed head of D. Snyder, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, which which looked to like the, the one thing that really jumped out at me in that is that like there isn't a throat there, it's just yeah. a solid wall at the back of the mouth um Mm -hmm. so what was the design process there was it intentionally meant to look sillier or
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a puppet (laughs) yeah so we've always said there's gonna be people that love puppets and there's gonna be people that hate puppets So if (laughs) if you're going that's stupid that's a puppet it's like yeah it's a puppet it's not a real severed head so we wanted to have a kind of a a, uh a an old school puppet in the movie. So we just we had the the head made uh by the butcher shop and we had a puppeteer. And yeah, it's like you either you either dig it puppets or you go, oh, that's stupid. That's a puppet. You know what I mean? So it was it was it was fun. Uh you know, meant to be meant to be not taken, you know, too seriously. It's not supposed to scare anybody. It's it's just fun. It's a it's a it's a severed puppet head. It's it's just, you know, we really wanted it to be um it's very
0: tongue-in-cheek and campy uh, by design. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I um, everything else was uh, sort of riding that line uh, mm-hmm. a bit more finely, and then this was thoroughly in the camp section. I was and so I was like, yeah. all right, I want to know. I want to know the story there. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so as I said, uh, severed head of D. Snyder. It's not. It's not D. Snyder in the movie. The character is like an ancient cultist, but it is the voice of D. Snyder providing yes. the yeah. character. So, uh, tell me, tell me how that came about.
1: So, um, <clears throat> Jacob Windat, my my fine producing partner on the film, uh, started a um, rock and roll convention here in town, and one of his first guests he booked was D. Snyder. So he had, uh, you know, D's agents contact. And when we were discussing, you know, getting a voice for the head, we said, you know, this is like a heavy metal wrestling horror movie. We've got, you know, wrestlers in it. We've got the horror in it. We just need some more heavy metal. So he goes, why don't we ask D. Snyder? And we just reached out and we just asked, him, and he agreed to do it. And uh, D, you know, uh, admitted he's, you know, admitted he's got a soft spot for independent horror films. And uh, you know, having starred in and directed Strange Land uh himself. So he he was uh he just based like we, you know, uh we're so grateful to have him. It was really surreal because you're talking to somebody who's just always been in the pop culture zeitgeist as long as I've been alive, you know what I mean? Just you know, seeing him in like Pee-wee's big adventure and music videos when I was a kid and now you're just like talking to this guy and he's doing a voice of a severed head puppet free movie it's uh it was pretty surreal and um uh, he was was very generous with his time and very kind and supportive of the project so we were so grateful to uh to get him on board and it was just we had the audacity to ask <laughs> that was
0: it excellent i'm uh i'm glad to hear that he's so enthusiastic about that that's wonderful yeah, yeah. So your lead character is played by Sean Roberts, who is a fairly established actor. He's been around Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, When I first saw him, it's been a while since I've seen something that he was in. I think the last thing was probably Resident Evil Afterlife back in 2010. Um, Dude got huge. And uh, when I saw him, I did not recognize him. I thought, oh, okay, they cast some professional wrestler for this role. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you have him in mind when you wrote the uh, script? Did, were you expecting to cast some indie wrestler? Uh, how did he end up getting the part? Well, we
1: weren't really sure, you know, that was the, the, there were two two parts we were nervous about, which was um, the character of Grace, the little girl, and mm. um, the wrestling, because you need somebody who's big enough and, and believable enough that they can be the lead, and then the last thing you want in any horror movie is a really annoying little kid where the audience <laughs> is going, man, I hope they die because, oh, my God. So um, luckily we we found Maya, uh, Missile Eljeta, who played Grace, and she, uh, she was such a talent and such a pro, and we were very blessed. But Sean, um, we were discussing uh, the part with The Butcher Shop, our special effects studio, and they're like, have you ever thought about Sean Roberts? And I'm like, no way. There's no way he'd do it. You know, the guy's been in big movies. Like, why would he consider this? And they go, we'll just ask. And again, we just had the audacity to ask. We contacted his agent. He said, send us the script. Sean read it and liked it, and uh, he came on board. So it was kind of like a, you know, another just. Huh, sometimes you just ask, and just you know, whether you're stupid enough or brave enough, you know, to just ask somebody. Sometimes you'll be pleasantly
0: surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear, uh, that, that has worked out for you repeatedly. Do you have any more <laughs> stories of, of people that you just asked for this movie that ended up, uh, working on it or. Well,
1: I mean, from the beginning when we, we, we sat down and we kind of came up with a plan like, how are we going to make this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of took the Sam Raimi, old school style that he did with the dead, where you just knock on doors and you pitch it. And that's what we did. Okay. We, pitched it, we pitched it to, uh, independent investors and you know it was as we went on your your pitch gets more and more polished and you start having more and more confidence as you're talking and those results started to to pay off and yeah we just kind of you have to take the nose you know as they come for every one yes there's 200 no's you know nobody wants to invest in your little horror movie in a community that's got no film you know industry and so um we just had to kind of go out and, and 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 pitch it and sell not only ourselves but the project and uh, bring it together and yeah it was uh, the whole thing was just kind of um, really starting from ground zero we had we had a script and we yeah. just had to keep building and keep building and keep building and you know, when Sean Roberts comes on board, people start to go, oh, you've got Sean Roberts starring. Okay, and then more actors will, you know, wanna come on board and, and they'll, they'll start taking it a little more seriously. And then, you know, it was just kind of a, a bit of a, a snowball effect where uh, once we got going, we just kept having to, you know, uh, uh, roll with everything and grow and, and, and adapt as things came to us, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's always the way. Um I admit uh before this interview I thought that there was a decent chance that when I asked you how you got Sean Roberts on board, you were gonna say, Oh, he's my brother.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, no, no, it's just a pure coincidence. We have the same last name and uh yeah, there's no uh nepotism, no uh none of that. He um uh, <laughs> he was he was suggested to us and it was like a real fingers crossed. Let's hope he even responds to us. And uh yeah, he's like it was it was awesome. He's he's a pro you know what I mean? he's been around he knows he knows uh he knows his his craft you know he knows uh, it's just like how do you find a guy who can carry a movie but that also looks like a pro wrestler and it was like oh here's sean yeah thank god you know <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not a lot of guys that look like sean and then can also you know have that charisma and that that acting ability to carry a film so we were Lucky, lucky, lucky!
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely does have uh, the charisma. I I feel a little hesitant to say that he carried the film because to me that that implies that the rest of the film was bad and that it was just that. And I I agree that if you had gotten a bad performer in that role, that would have ruined the movie. But yeah. I do think that the rest of the movie also works quite well. Uh, and in particular, you pointed out um maya the young girl who plays grace uh excellent job as yeah. the the little girl um you mentioned how people don't like horror movies where there's an annoying little kid the whole time yeah. um, <laughs> you definitely managed to avoid that I I just interviewed uh the writer director of um The Fetch which is a movie that I w- I would describe as uh like The Babadook if the kid dies in the opening scene. Okay. So uh that interview will be coming out a bit after uh this one. Um but yeah, I your script seems like it has a lot of things in it that need to go exactly right in terms of casting and production in order to work. And so it seems like you got lucky and uh, certainly don't mean to downplay your efforts, but luck is also involved. It's Um, huge.
1: yes. Luck is is most of
0: it. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's pretty important. Um, So when you were doing the pre-production and and getting ready to do filming what were you most worried about
1: oh my goodness well big one was covid like we we shot this in the middle of a pandemic so that you makes know, sense you, they, nobody would insure you for covid so if you know if you get covid on an independent film and you got to shut down for 2 weeks you're dead in the water there's no way we'd be able to financially just bring everybody back you know, that house we we shot in was an Airbnb we rented, you know. So we had to like it would have just been too many moving parts and it could have it could have potentially been a disaster. So that was like constantly on the back of your mind, you know what I mean? That is one of the things that you're you're most worried about because you know, one COVID case could could topple the whole, you know, the whole uh, Jenga tower. We were building of independent filmmaking.
0: So yeah. yeah yeah so i know in professional wrestling the way that the choreography generally works is it's not every single specific move is planned out ahead of time instead it's like okay we're gonna have like i'm gonna do this move to you at some point you're gonna do this move to me at some point and it's gonna end with me pinning you using this move Mm -hmm. um so In this, uh, so the the point of that is that it allows for improvisation in the moment and happy accidents to occur during the performance. Did you guys have any uh, happy accidents like that where something that you didn't expect to happen, happened and it ended up being in the final movie?
1: Uh, Let me think. Um, Well, a lot of times there's, you know, when you're doing a lot of these practical effects, you know, working on an independent budget, sometimes you got one shot. You know what I mean we yes. got one shot. We got one of these. You know, we gotta take this guy's head off and hope it goes well. Or, you know, a big one was uh there's a scene where one of the, the cultists gets his face slammed down on a burner and we have an upshot through the burner of the uh, skin melting off his face. We had no idea how that was gonna turn out. We had one of those. You know what I mean? So we had to we had to use like fingers crossed. So um basically you know, there's a lot of, you don't know how the blood's going to spray. You don't know right. how. And and we don't have time to fresh costume, you know, clean the actor. That you know, 40 minutes later, bring them back, you know, and try again. So uh, any any blood spray or effect that happens in the movie was like, you know, it's, it's, it, it works. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this yeah. is the way it works. Sometimes little funny things would happen the way certain things would land or the way blood would spray on somebody. And those were the most, uh, I think those would stand out to me as the happy accidents. Like, oh, that looked kind of cool. And that accidentally hit our actor in the eye. The blood spray went right. Okay, that's kind of fun, you know, or or what have you. So um, yeah, that, that was definitely uh, it's do or die time. You know what I mean? This has to work or or we got to scrap it and try something else. So yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky.
0: Excellent. So you mentioned that you filmed this in a small community that doesn't have an established filmmaking base, and mm-hmm. this is uh, your first feature film. Um, what is your plans uh, both for yourself and for the uh, your fledgling film community there? Uh, what are you planning on doing next?
1: Well, um, I do have a script I'm, I'm just kind of finishing up now, that I'd love to try and, and get going um i'm really um kind of optimistic about a lot of the growth i've seen here uh in our town um there are some productions starting to kind of come in they'll do a a day here uh, a day there you know some apple tv shows came in and stuff um so it's 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 growing and uh i'd love to be a part of you know that growing community and and, and try to try to try to um Create an infrastructure that that people could use outside of, you know, Toronto, which is so expensive to just hotels, everything. Like in our our town, you can close down a street for fifty bucks, you know. But in Toronto, that's <laughs> that's like a, that's a Marvel movie if you want to close down the street. Yeah, right? I mean, you're not going to be able. To, so so there's lots of opportunity here, and um, yeah, I'd love to to get uh to get uh, uh another project going here and to keep building things up. And um, you know, I'm really hopeful that. Um, here for Blood connects with with the audience we we created it for and uh, just just keep to keep growing and creating and and uh, doing doing what you love in life you know that's that's the goal for everybody I think
0: excellent so uh, as I mentioned earlier Here for Blood is going to be on Screenbox and in theaters on February 9th, which is to say one week after this episode goes live uh, how did that come about.
1: Oh yeah, well that's another example of the audacity to ask. Uh, we we somebody sent us uh, Brad Miska's email from Blady's disgusting and I just said, "Hey, here's you know we've done this festival and this festival, and uh, would you like to take a look?" And he said, "Yeah," and he watched it. He liked what he saw, and now we are you know on Screenbox and. And uh, you know, bloody disgusting writing about us, which is as a lifelong horror fan, very like you're like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Like you know, I was just saying to uh, my my girlfriend the other day, I'm like, I wish like my high school self could see this because I'd be like, no way, you know, like that been so exciting. So uh it's 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 a uh, it's lucky, it's miraculous, you know, considering what we started with and and you know all the struggles of an independent production and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with how, um, everybody pulled together to get this done. And, and we just, yeah, I guess we were just bold enough to keep trying. So that'd be my advice to anybody independently. Just, just try, just see what happens. Cause you never know.
0: Excellent. So is Screenbox slash bloody disgusting, which are under the same sort of banner company of Cineverse, uh, yeah. are they also doing the theatrical distribution?
1: Yes, they are as well yep yeah, they're handling all the United the US distribution for us
0: what about Canada
1: uh, not Canada actually uh, we're trying to get Canada going uh, it's not as easy as, as the United States because we have a pretty small market up here yeah but uh yeah the uh, the adventure continues for me <laughs> you know this isn't uh, you know it's it's very nice and exciting that it's coming out but uh, I still have a ton of work to do and, and more people to talk to and uh, more <laughs> things to try and, and navigate this independent distribution. Uh, it's uh it's very exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for anyone listening who might be thinking, Oh, this, seems a little more fast paced of a conversation than usual. That is because uh, this is your first time doing a, a press junket day and my first time being part of the press junket for yeah. a film. So uh, we're, we're fitting in uh, what we can during our allotted time. Um, so this is, uh, as as I mentioned earlier, this is your first time uh, writing a script for a feature film. Um, I'm mean, going to guess you've made a bunch of shorts on your own before that. Is that true? or?
1: Yeah. We've like, I've made some shorts. I've made some feature length movies, you know, where you pull your friends together and you do a, let's, you know, let's put on a show type, uh, <laughs> type thing. And um, I've been writing for a while. Uh, I did have a script, you know, optioned uh, in, in Los Angeles and you talk to folks. Nothing's ever really uh, comes to fruition, such as the life of a, you know, Writer and artist, but this was one we wanted to ch- kind of, uh, you know, call our own number and try to try to get ourselves out there and try to try to make it happen.
0: Fantastic, yeah. I think it's uh, something we were talking about earlier that it's become so much more accessible to make a movie that you don't need to be in the big Hollywood or Toronto or New York or et cetera film uh, Vancouver uh, film industries, um, and so. The question I always like to ask as as my final question of the interview is where do you see the independent uh, the future of independent filmmaking going?
1: Well, I think it's it's really exciting. I really, you know, if you look at at what you know Terrifier 2 did in theaters, like it, oh, yeah. it was incredible. It was and I think, you know, as the Hollywood studio system gets more and more bloated and more and more, you know, expensive. I think you're going to start to see a lot of these independent films kind of sliding into those theater spots and because they're just – they're more viable. And a lot of times they're more bold and, and creative and, and they're not just a CGI, you know, $300 million, you know, mess. Sometimes you just yeah. don't know where to look and, like, a lot of the stories are more um, intimate, you know, sometimes shocking and, and you yeah. know. I, again, there's, there's some adaptivity in independent filmmaking. And, and I think, I think that that's, uh, uh, I think it's, it's just gonna keep growing and I, I think it might change the way certain people approach, you know, the, the business of filmmaking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I certainly think that independent films have been and continue to be more creative than mainstream ones. I know that if I want to watch a horror movie where scary stuff happens that is not just a person in creepy makeup and or CGI runs towards the camera really fast while a loud noise plays. Uh, I I need to look outside of the studio system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's wonderful to see independent films like this, not only uh, getting, you know, a, a wide release on the internet, which is let's be honest, where most of us watch movies these days, uh, but also to see them getting a release in theaters. That's fantastic. Uh, I hope that you guys are, uh, well, well, actually, what are you doing for the premiere? Are you guys going and having a premiere somewhere? Are you gonna do a, are you gonna like four wall the theater in the town that you shot it in or? (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, I don't know yet. We're working
1: on some stuff here in Canada um i'd love to be able to do something and see some of the cast and crew again that'd be a lot of fun so um you know it is coming up quickly so i should probably figure that out but uh yeah we we uh, i just um i just really hope it it most most importantly i hope it connects to to an audience i hope i hope uh you know somebody who's like me when they were you know 12 who would go and rent obscure horror movies uh finds it and really digs it and hopefully it inspires them to, to try something or, or you know gets them into the horror genre you yeah, know i just really yeah uh, i just hope uh, i love being a part of the horror community and the wrestling community and I, i'm just hoping to contribute
0: hopefully yeah and yeah. i love i love the idea of um some kid who's a little wrestling enthusiast seeing this and you know, realizing, oh, hey, I can combine these things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And and maybe someone else who's got a different passion that isn't wrestling can see this and have the same uh, brainwave. And then we get, I don't know, a chess-themed horror movie or something because the kid's the chess Here we go. There's my next movie right there. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. I have had a great time. Thank you, Thomas. Me, uh,
1: I have had a great time as well. I'm glad we could, uh, we could share in our, uh, our, our press junket, uh, fresh uh, <laughs> adventures together.
0: Absolutely. Once again, uh, Here for Blood is coming out on Screenbox and in theaters on February 9th, 2024. Is there anywhere else that you would like to direct anybody who's listening to this, like social media, anything like that?
1: Yeah, you can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter uh, here for blood. Um, You can also follow the Cineverse screen box play discussing pages, and
0: they'll have updates for you as well. Excellent. All right, thank you for your time. Thank you.